Guess what? We're back with another AmeriCorps alumni. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with Lowell Butler, um, but we'll get into that in a second. Um, if you just happened across this podcast or this YouTube, uh, my name is Nikki Fiaco, and I'm the founder of AmeriCorps Connections. And, um, you know, I'm a proud AmeriCorps alum, and this podcast really came out of, uh, first of all, my podcast obsession. And secondly, um, from my service year, um, it was super impactful in my community. I, I served in environmental education. One of the biggest takeaways I got from my, my service year was connections, 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 and how to keep those connections. So after my service year and several different positions in service commissions and program director of AmeriCorps programs, I really wanted to step in there and fill that space um, for where I, we can learn from AmeriCorps alumni and hear about their story and connect. And I am working on a platform or somewhere where we can all come together. We can share our knowledge. We can share our resources. We can share our products if we have things that we want to, you know, sell to each other, you know, um, but that's all down the road. Um, so, uh, before we get started, I also want to tip my hat to Dan Medivere from Time or Money Productions. Um, if you're listening to this on uh, Apple, Tunes, iTunes, Spotify, or any of your podcast platforms, um, Dan has helped me get this podcast out there. Um, and if you're listening, if you're watching this on YouTube, please subscribe and like the channel. I'd love it if you commented. I'm getting some comments that are just like super sweet, and that's really cool because at least I know I'm not yelling into the abyss. And if you are listening to it on podcast, um, especially Apple, feel free to leave me a rating um, or reach out to me directly. So this is a, a new venture of mine and I'm having a really good time. Okay. That's enough about me, enough about the podcast. I'm going to turn it over to Lowell. But before we get started, I want to just do a little bit of a framing about where your national service started. And you did three years of service. Is that correct? Yeah. And so what I feel is like super interesting is your entry into national service. And it was actually at a time where there was a national tragedy that was happening. And that was the, the BP oil spill um, in the Gulf of Mexico, or the, yeah, the Gulf of Mexico, right? Yes. Correct. Correct. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just a huge thing because it affected, you know, you, when we did our pre-interview and you, you can, I'll let you go into this a little bit more. You had mentioned that like, nobody wanted to go to Mississippi anymore. Nobody wanted to go down there. Nobody wanted it, like the, the, the um, uh, tourist business just dried up. And then all of a sudden national service came in. So let's start there. If you don't mind, like, how yes. did you learn about this service? Why did you decide to join? And then how did, how did you go into two more years of service? Holy smokes. All right, you take it away. Yes. Um, excellent question. So first and foremost, like, let me just say that AmeriCorps has always been there when I, when I needed them. So I want to just say that first and foremost, because there were pivotal times um, in my life, I was able to take advantage of national service. Um, but yes, uh, earlier, so as you mentioned, um, there was the BP oil spill. And I um, am originally from or I spent a lot of time on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Um, and then that is basically like a huge tourist destination. Um, so in terms of the industries, there's the gaming industry. A lot of people don't know it, but we got at least 13 casinos uh, on the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And many people uh, work at those casinos. Um, so I was working in food and beverage uh, as, as a bartender, but I was also like taking classes, um, uh, taking classes in college. Um, 
And basically the BP oil spill happened. And what happened was it drastically um, reduced income for a lot of people. So the only people that that basically that were there on the Mississippi Gold Coast at that time were doing cleanup and they were just kind of staying in the hotels and doing cleanup. Um, but they weren't there to game. They weren't there for like family destinations, um, trips and things like that what, that would normally like make up your income. Um, so as a result of what happened, like in a in a way to uh to kind of uh repair some of the harm that they did, like BP uh engaged in a lot of grant making. Um, and basically because of that grant making, there was a, a organization at the time called Digital Opportunity Trust uh that basically ran an AmeriCorps program. And I didn't know anything about it. I just happened to be working one night and one of my my coworkers came in and she said, Hey, Lowell, like, have you heard about this program? They're looking for interns. Uh, and basically what the purpose of it is, is to help schools in Mississippi and communities in Mississippi to integrate technology either into their classrooms or into like wherever those spaces were. And um, it was perfect because at the time, as I mentioned, I was taking classes and um, I ended up graduating like in 2013. But of course, like I'm nearing graduation and I'm thinking about like, how am I going to transition um, from this job in, in gaming to a, a, a professional job like post-graduation. So uh, that's what made me kind of like learn more about the opportunity and take advantage of it. So um, she passed along some contact information. Uh, I went to kind of like this mass meeting and asked us some questions. And then eventually they offered us, they offered me the role as a teach-up intern. And uh, the person is not here. So I want to give a shout out to my old supervisor, Dr. Crystal Bowler, um, who had become very near and dear to my heart um, at that time. So um, basically I was staffed, I was at a high school um, and basically like in a nutshell, what you did was really mostly like instructional technology. Um, so you learned how to use like those, uh, those, those new like super fancy whiteboards and um, a teacher would come to you and say, hey, I'm thinking about like I teach Spanish, um, what recommendations do you have uh, for me to like basically like integrate technology into this curriculum? And, and that's basically what you did. So that was really my first exposure um, to AmeriCorps. Um, fast forward, as so I mentioned, I, I'm sorry. I, I want to ask, I just want to ask a clarifying question. Um, so what's so great about this story is that like, I think when I introduced this as you took on an opportunity after the BP oil spill, I think people probably thought that you, you were going to be like, yeah, and Dawn actually works on cleaning oil off of ducks. But <laughs> what I'm hearing you say, right? Like we've all seen those commercials. Um, but what I'm hearing you say is that BP oil interjected a ton of money and used AmeriCorps members to um, incorporate digital and uh, technology into the classrooms. And you were part of that, like you learned up on, you know, you were taught up on the technology and then you went into the schools to the teachers and to, to school districts or whatever and taught them or showed them how to use the technology. Is that accurate? That is correct. That's super, in like, that's super innovative. So, okay, okay, BP, I see you. I, I see how you're not just like, yeah, let's clean up the ducks with Dawn, but also, and people are probably like, no, they're terrible. But for this intent and purposes of this podcast, we're not going to go on into any political or any tangents, but I, I just want to double down on that. That's super innovative that it's not just like, let's clean up the environment, like actually let's interject some money into this community. That's cool mm -hmm. that you were part of that, that, um, just part of that intervention. 
Mm-hmm. It was a it was a it was a great experience, and again, it gave me um, the experience outside of customer service, outside of gaming. Um, so that was really like my start because there's some people that live in communities that only have like a few industries. So, for example, where I lived, we had the gaming industry, as I mentioned. Um, we had the shipyards, and we're also home to a, a air force base, um, a few bases, but really the big the big air force base. Um, so, other than those three industries and then probably like working as a teacher or something like that. Um, there is not, and I still think it's probably the case today. And this was a long time ago, as I mentioned, like 2011, 2013, but I don't think it's changed that much. So when you're in college and you're looking for something different than what's there, AmeriCorps really just provided that opportunity for me to experience something different outside of those industries. That's great. And I interrupted you. You were saying from from there. So you spent was that a, a year or what was the term? So it, was, for that? it was a little it was a little young, longer than a couple. It was actually a couple of years. So it was from October 2011 to April 2013. Oh, wow. OK. Wow. Um, yeah. So, it was you know, and it was state and national. Um, so it was some some some, uh, you know, so a little bit of time. Um, right. So then after that, I chose to uh, relocate to San Antonio, Texas. Um, my sibling, my brother had moved out here first. And of course, I'm like, okay, like, so I need to find a job. But I said, well, hey, like, let me, again, let me go back to AmeriCorps to see if I can like learn some new, like, so learn cool. some more skills. Um, I had just finished college at that point, but I just needed like some more work experience. Um, so I went, so this time I went to like AmeriCorps Vista and I was hired with an organization called Texas Impact. Uh, they were running this program called a, a CPR outreach. It was basically the role was for a CPR outreach coordinator program. And basically um, the community partner program is what it was known as. Um, basically I was recruiting faith-based organizations and nonprofits uh, to basically um, act as stopping points for Texans to apply for state benefits. Um, because a lot of people okay. may not be aware, but hunger insecurity is a big issue here in Texas. Um, last time at that time, it was one in four Texas were hunger insecure. Um, so basically what it was about was just showing organizations how to help people apply for TANF, CHIP, Medicaid, and Medicare. So I spent time, um, I really picked up some some great skills along that time as well, uh, especially for somebody moving, somebody that was new to the city. So I got a chance to like drive to different parts of the city. I got a chance to like interact with people. I got a chance to um, recruit organizations. Uh, and that was, it was a good year for me. Um, so that that is what I did that second time around, like here in San Antonio. That and and I will say that like kudos to you for that position because people who um might not be involved or never have had to go through um either a state or federal system to try to get benefits. I spent um about a half a year, about nine months in Governor Hogan's Office of Constituent Services, and I had never in my life, I'd never in my life been in a situation where I picked up a phone and somebody was like, I've been applying for food food benefits in Maryland. They, they call them SNAP. Maybe that's what they call them, you know, throughout the nation um, for the past two months. And I haven't heard back from the Office of Human resources or whatever. And it, it was just amazing to me that like the the different things that had to happen for this person just to get enough money to have to have food. And and you know what one of the things I want people to understand is that like 
people that are on these benefits are not lazy. They're not stupid. It, it, it's you, it's me. It's, you know, it's people that like just need the little bit of support and going through and navigating those systems can be so, so, so tiring. And if you're trying to work a full-time job and you might have a family or, or God, even if you're single and you have a, a pet bunny or something like the amount of energy it takes to get through those systems. Like, thank God there are people like you and AmeriCorps members that are in the situation that can help folks navigate and then finally get those benefits. So hurrah. <laughs> thank you. And, and also, um, you know, and part of that work was also like, like you mentioned earlier was kind of like clearing up some of the false assumptions that they had about people on like state benefits like so for example like in most cases of state benefit of somebody needing state benefits they're working or they're also yes. like caring for somebody that has a disability or a child or whatever the case may be um and then also like the misconception around like undocumented people because a mm -hmm. lot of people thought well hey you know like they're undocumented and they're getting benefits and i'm like well no that's not really the case um if somebody's undocumented and they have a child that's a citizen they can apply for benefits on behalf of the child um, so it was just kind of like things like that that you would have to clear up with like some organizations. Um, but again, it just it, it just taught me um, how deep uh, poverty goes in America, because you would think that. And I've talked to people, um, parents that were professionals, uh, they had jobs, but they said, well, my kid isn't in school. Um, my, 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 when my children aren't in school, my, my cost of groceries go up about 40 percent during the summer, you know, yes. things like that. I'm working full time. I just have to take advantage of a pantry over the summer, you know? So it, it's those kinds of stories that a lot of people aren't aware of. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And, and I also, what was your, um, what did you study in college? Business. Okay. So that's what I was going to, I was, I'm like, I hope he doesn't say like, um, um, child services or something. I feel like um, you got this experience through AmeriCorps that you would have never, ever, 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 ever even been able to navigate in, in higher education. And you got, and, and you had to learn the systems, you know, and, and talk to the people. And that's just experience that I love higher education, but that's oftentimes not what we experience in higher education. So mm -hmm. for you to gain those skills is just amazing. And, you know, and, and to be clear, like, and to be fair, like some of my business, uh, my business background did come into play a little bit. So for example, like when I was spending time as a recruiter, um, we're thinking about all these different organizations that could, like, who can we reach out to? And then I realized, I said, well, hey, you know what? Like, honestly, like I would just reach out to somebody that has a, comp a complimentary good. Like, so usually like we use oh, it in yeah. the economic sense, like, you know, a peanut butter and jelly or peanut butter and jelly and bread. But I thought about it like, okay, well, if you have a food pantry, uh, you're already like serving hunger. You're already dealing with like families that may need assistance. So like, let me just approach you with this additional like program and maybe you can use it to basically deepen your service. And that was, it, it made it really easy for them to see the benefit of the program. I'm like, well, you are, they realize like, oh, well, this is another way to serve the people we're already serving. And then that, so once we got it, once we kind of like came to that conclusion, um, it was just easier to recruit partners. You know, I wasn't going to somebody who had a nonprofit and they were, I don't know, um, doing something totally different. I knew mm -hmm. that might not have worked out, but, um, you know, with people that had, they were already doing something kind of like aligned with it. I was like, oh, this, this makes sense. You know, there you go. Partner partnership building 101 from, from Lowell. Um, and a little bit of what, what business school will teach you. I've never heard of complimentary goods, but I understand that, process. And I did sales for a while. So 
it was, it was like finding like, well, you know, if you're going to get a gym membership, like it's adding to your life. Like you already want to be healthy. You're already doing this stuff. So of course you'd want to work out and no, you don't need to go home and ask your husband if you can spend $30 a month for this membership. Cause I'm pretty sure he's going to say yes. So <laughs> let's just sign up today. Um, but I like that idea of like finding. So those people that are listening, like instead of like creating your own thing or coming up with this, like look at organizations that are doing similar work to what you're trying to push and then like partner with them. That's a great model. Um, and then, uh, so after that year, and again, that was a good year. I, I wanted to round out my AmeriCorps service. Um, I said, well, you know what, like I've done this time, um, as an AmeriCorps VISTA, now I think I'm ready to take on the VISTA leader role, which at the time, like you had to be a VISTA and you had to, to kind of perform well in order to be a, a VISTA leader. So uh, I had one more opportunity. Um, so I served with um, the city of San Antonio and I was an East Side Promise Zone VISTA leader. Uh, and that was in 2015 to 2016. So then I was able to kind of move more into like the mentorship role. Um, and then uh, basically it was kind of like building on some of the work that I had already done. Um, so for example, like we had to create a faith-based outreach plan and we also met with like local faith-based organizations, but I had already had some experience meeting with like uh, churches and nonprofits anyway. Um, and then also developing an inventory of those faith-based resources offered to the community. So um, I had already had like some experience thanks to that previous uh, term of service with AmeriCorps. Um, this gave me an entirely like different kind of perspective because this was kind of looking at it from like the, munis the municipality's perspective. Um, mm. So it was like this big piece. And then what we're doing here today, like we had a neighborhood leadership academy. Um, I would go to like all the neighborhood association meetings and we would pass out like resources in the community. We would take any questions from the residents. Um, we participated in uh, the paintathon. We even um, actually, I was so inspired, and again, I have to shout out a lot of people for this. Um, I was so inspired by the by the paintathon that, um, as a Vista and my 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 team of Vistas, we uh, basically organized a mini paintathon where we went to like businesses and we asked for like paint. We were like we went to everybody and we asked them for like all the things that we would need to like paint a few more houses. Um, and then I wow. reached out to the local AmeriCorps chapter here, the AmeriCorps like alumni chapter, uh, a fraternal organization, some student groups. And then we were able to kind of like replicate that project on a smaller scale um, during the end of my term of service with AmeriCorps. And it was a great way to close out my term of service. That's so cool. So were you painting houses then? Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Very, very exciting. I, when I was volunteer coordinator, um, this was after my service year, but we, maybe it was during, uh, I don't remember. It all mushes together, but we created a mural on a, a community um, recreation center and we had a local high school's art department um, come together and we, I had to go out and, you know, get the paint donated and get the, even the paint brushes and the rollers and, and the, you know, the tarps and even mm -hmm. the scaffolding, like all of that. I would just go, oh, this is such a good cause. Could you give it to us for free? And people are like, okay, sure. Um, so how fun to be inspired by uh, something that you, you know, was in your project and then be able to replicate it. That's very oh. neat. Yeah, that was a, a great way to close out the service. I and, and to this day, I'm so thankful um, of my time in AmeriCorps because immediately after that, like before I even finished, 
um, I had applied for a job. And of course, like my site supervisor at the time was so like, hey, I know it's going to be your last year. Um, if you need to apply for a job, like anything I can do to kind of like move that process along. And every time I call her, she's like, when are you coming to work for the city? <laughs> you know? Yes. So um, my term in AmeriCorps was definitely invaluable. Uh, I think, I, and I typically like promote AmeriCorps, especially to, um, to people that may not be able to like undertake a traditional unpaid internship or internship yeah. that doesn't pay that much. Um, so I'm always here to like point out the benefits of AmeriCorps. So um, yeah. I'm very thankful of my time there. And are you, and you're in a role right now where it's kind of your job to point out these opportunities to people. Um, you know, I don't want to move us along too fast on the timeline, but um, you know, to your point of I, I you promote AmeriCorps opportunities. It, you know, do you want to talk a little bit about like what you're doing now and um, maybe how you got there? If there's a couple steps yes. in between, or if it's relevant, yeah. Yes. Well, let me. Okay. So after my time in AmeriCorps. Um, I went to work for a, a pretty well-known organization, Goodwill Industries, <laughs> um, and I started off as their volunteer program coordinator. So this was basically working with anybody um, who was doing community service at the stores. Um, so it was basically like orienting oh, okay. them, uh, talking to them about like basically what it's like to volunteer in the stores, uh, what the requirements, <clears throat> excuse me, what the requirements are um, and things like that. And um, I had been doing that for like less than a year. And my uh, director at the time, he came, he called me in his office and I thought, for some reason, I thought I was in trouble, even though I really hadn't done anything. Of course, of course, anytime. <laughs> it doesn't matter what level you are, like you could be a CEO and your board chair calls you in and you're like, <laughs> should I bring my my pictures off my desk with right, me? Right, right. <laughs> so just, just pack up? So home. for all of you leaders out there, before you call somebody in your office, say everything's fine. And then say, can you come into my office? Like, just give us a little bit of life back <laughs> in our heart. <laughs> um, so he, so at the time I had been, he knew I had been working on my master's. And again, like, if you ever listen to this, shout out to Stephen Hussein. This guy was an excellent leader. I've, I've been privileged to have been, uh, to have worked with a number of excellent leaders over my career. That's but, um, so cool. I was working on my master's at the time. Um, he basically said, well, hey, you know what, if you need like whatever you need to make this process easier. And at the time I was doing my capstone project, he helped me secure like interviews, stuff like that. Um, so he calls me in his office and he said, he said, you know what, I realized yesterday I'm not using you to your full capacity. And mm -hmm. he said, well, there's an opportunity that come that came up. Um, there's an initiative where we're trying to get more Texans uh, to finish their college degrees. And basically we want to help. He said, we can't like really give them any funding right now, but we can give them like capable staff. So um, I'm going to send you to an organization that we partner with and you're going to learn uh, basically how to be a college advisor. And I said, OK, like that sounds, okay. that sounds cool. <laughs> like, let me go ahead and do it. Um, so I go to another organization. So shout out to SAEP, San Antonio Education Partnership. And all of these organizations, like this is my service has been over the course of like, you know, a few years. And I still work with all these organizations in some capacity today. Um, so I spent about a year over there learning how to be a college access and success advisor. Um, I had learned about like different types of programs, like whether they be competency based academic programs like majors. Um, how to like, you know, just different ins and outs. So if somebody wants to go to school, like help them weigh out their, um, basically their choices, and then they would decide what's best for them. But it'll be based on like what the particular college or university offers. Um, 
so I did that for a while. So I did that for a while. And while I was there, um, I had ended up enrolling at a partner's school. Uh, so I finished my first master's. And then while I was there, I ended up getting a second master's um, in education. And shout out again to AmeriCorps because the AmeriCorps Award, the Education Award, is yeah. what helped me pay for that. Um, so I get a degree in education with a concentration in learning and technology um, from a partner school. And I was like, okay, so this, so this is good. And then, and um, I, what, 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 when you say partner school, can you, can you, what does yes. that mean? Schools okay. for national service? No, it wasn't a school for national service. Oh, okay. So basically, um, so the program was called upgrade or is still called upgrade. And basically upgrade is a program that basically wants to work with uh, adult learners that have some college credit, but they haven't like finished their degrees yet. Okay. And basically um, there's a number of institutions that are partner institutions in this, in this upgrade program. Um, so when I would work with, uh, somebody who came in, like we, we're definitely like, um, we're definitely like not just steering people toward partner schools, but we recognize that we did have like partner schools that were also like helping with the funding. And one of the partner schools was Western Governors, uh, university. And that, and so when I said I enrolled with a partner school, like they, gotcha. they were our partners in that context. Okay. Excellent. Thank you for clarifying. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, though, they also did give me a bit, uh, uh, a little bit of a reduced tuition because of the AmeriCorps Vista service as well. So, Love that. Shout Love out that. to WGU. Um, shout out to WJU? WGU. WGU. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, so, so, so that was just my two times. So that was two roles that I had at, at Goodwill. So it was the first was the volunteer program coordinator. Then I was a college access and success advisor. And then after that time, I was a career navigator, which basically put me in back in high schools. Um, but this time it was wow. like working with students to develop and execute their post-secondary plans. Um, and then finally, in another twist of fate, um, the previous executive director from where I was at, San Antonio Education Partnership, ended up working as a senior director at Goodwill. Uh, there was this program called the Upskill Program, which was basically for adults that were at Goodwill, uh, frontline team members that wanted to basically um, kind of deepen their skills. And so, as I mentioned, um, shout out to Dr. Adriana Confettis. Dr. I'm going to have to, you're going to have to give me the list of all of these people. All these names, it's a lot. <laughs> a lot of people got me to where I am today. Let me just say that. Yes. <laughs> um, so Dr. Contreras was the executive director at SAEP, and then she was my senior director when I worked at Goodwill. So when this opportunity came about to help upskill team members, she said, "I, you know what, we need a, we need another person on our side that's going to help and work with our team members. And she said, I got just the person. <laughs> And she says, well, well I, I want you to do this because you did a great job at SAEP. I need you to do this internally for us. So I, I just want to say that, like, to look at somebody who has really, really leveraged the AmeriCorps experience, I think that you are the poster child <laughs> for leveraging AmeriCorps in all of the different angles of, like, you know, getting yourself you know started in an industry that was dying. And then all of a sudden you have this opportunity and you didn't, you know, you, you weren't like the, a tech salesperson or anything, but you were willing to take on this opportunity and then leveraging the education awards to get the master's, you know, I mean, it's just, it's really an example of how national service can, if used correctly, and also with the correct organizations, right? Like it's a, it's a testament for you to be able to say, you know, I worked amongst leaders. I was so grateful, you know, to, to be working with these 
these managers or these supervisors, you know, not everybody has that experience um, in AmeriCorps. I mean, I, I worked with somebody that really believed in me and was, I was able to, you know, kind of fly during my service year and try things. And, you know, he was always got my back and everything. And that was, that was great. And that launched me into new things, but not everybody gets to say that, but I do want to just say like, kudos to you for really, really leveraging AmeriCorps without probably like being like, I'm going to leverage AmeriCorps, but like, you know, I love how you said that you wanted to round out your national service, like being intentional about national service is also something that like folks that are listening to this podcast, um, I hope that you can think about that, whether you're out of AmeriCorps or um, you're thinking about entering it, like you can definitely leverage it in different ways to put yourself in a position that you wouldn't be in otherwise. So way to go. Thank you so much for that, Nikki. And, and, and I just want to shout out another transformative leader. Shout out to Adela Flores. She was my uh, she was my supervisor when I was with Texas Impact. She let myself and my colleague pretty much, uh, like you said, kind of take off and fly. They had a hunger summit, and I wanted to do this whole like thing about having people look under their like it was this whole activity I planned, and I knew that it was going to drive people home. So basically, like in a nutshell, what I ended up doing was we talked about like different levels of income, like what you would need to qualify for SNAP benefits, what you would need to not qualify. And basically, we wanted people to understand what their choices would be like if SNAP did not exist. So for families that were making, so I had this whole thing. We didn't have enough like money to like buy food for everybody in attendance, but we hid the food under the tables and I said, and there was this point where we had everybody look under the tables and the people that had food, they would, they would break into the group with the people near them. And it was like not just different amounts of food, but it was different qualities of food, you know? Yeah, so yep. when you have more money, you can have the organic dish, you can have that. But then when you don't have any money and there's no snap, what do you have, you know? So we chips. wanted to, I'm sorry, go ahead. I said chips. Like, so it was chips, it was ramen noodles that was high in sodium. It was that kind of stuff. And then we talked about the choices that people would have to make. And when, you know, you're at the lowest rungs of society in terms of your income, not as people, in terms of your income. Right. The choice that you have is put food on the table or pay a bill. And we really wanted people to see that. And then at the end of the session, so, so many people came up and said, I never like thought about it like that. I never saw like the role that snap played but again like adela flores was a leader that trusted in me to be like yeah like okay we'll go with that like we'll go with the way you want to do it you know she's always been uh, a democratic leader so i want to just kind of like shout her out Um, and i will say it's kind of exciting to see the um expansion of snap um i know there's a local farmer's market in my near my town and they take snap benefits and like like I, I do remember I worked in a grocery store. One of my favorite jobs, actually, I'll be honest with you. I really enjoyed working at a grocery store. People would like buy things. I'm like, what are you going to do with that? You know, like it was the first time I learned about spaghetti squash, but I remember um, some people coming through with snap benefits and they could only buy like milk and like, I don't even know what else it was. And I'm not a big proponent of milk, I won't go on that soapbox, but I just don't think milk is the thing that we should be drinking if we're trying to be healthy. But a lot of times the food that they were, um, they they could spend the money on, they couldn't buy diapers with it, I think. Like there were all of these limitations and I, I feel like some of it's opened up a little bit. And I love that farmers markets and, and open markets are able to do that. And just really quick to your point about like 
the dis, uh, disparity in, in the food quality. I was just listening to a podcast and they were talking about when we have inflation and prices go up, the, uh, the health actually drops because folks who, like you said, okay, so I was doing all right, but now food is, I mean, I can't go to the grocery store without getting out, without spending 50 bucks. And I may, might have five things, but everything's between seven and $10 now. And it used to be between two and five, you know? And so for some people, um, the, the caloric food, what did they say? Like the, the quality caloric food is too expensive and I can't get it in the quality of the low or high caloric with low nutrition. And it just causes this problem. Okay. I'm going to stop because I could go on forever. So snap benefits. That sounds like an amazing activity. But again, it was, yeah. And you're totally right. And so, so it was just like having that kind of leader that was like, okay, like I'm going to trust you to do this. And every time, every step of the way, um, in most cases, like they never made me feel like I was like an intern, so to speak, you know, like they made me feel like I was somebody there to help them build capacity. Like, you know, I was uh, an emerging professional, if not already a professional. So they kind of valued me um, just just like anybody else, you know, so that was that was um, that was good. So, again, like if you're out there and you're heading an AmeriCorps program, I want to remind everybody here that these people are not interns. OK, like. They're already experienced. They're already skilled. They're just here to like help your organization build capacity. Um, and even if they're new to like your industry, like they have skills, you know. Um, so try to utilize them in a way that helps them achieve their full potential. Love that. Love that little added PSA. Thank you. So so then what happens? Uh, and we're almost to where I am today. So then what ends up happening is yet another like. <laughs> national like thing like so COVID COVID rolls around um and as I mentioned I was working um at an org I was working at an organization and a lot of their um revenue comes from like their stores which they use to like pour into like different programming um and because they had to close their stores because of COVID uh they could not basically keep all the staff so I ended up getting laid off so BP oil spill <laughs> COVID, like those are just two, just two of them yes. that, that impacted my career. Um, so I get laid off and um, I mean, I was probably only out of work like a couple months and um, my old supervisor at Goodwill, she's a part of, she was a part of this collective impact effort that we, that I support today. Um, somebody mentioned that they were looking for somebody to fill a role and they said, well, hey, like we both go like Lowell, what about Lowell? And uh, so uh, shout out to Shelly Fernandez, by the way, while I'm here, shout out to Shelly Fernandez, also a transformative leader. Um, so Shelly reaches out to me and she says, hey, Lowell, like, I don't know if you're still looking for a job, but I have this like role open. And I look at the role and I'm like, okay, like, this is great. So um, so the job, so the organization I'm with now, Up Partnership, it's a systems change uh, organization, uh, and we do collective impact work. So basically, we have a few systems change networks, uh, one focused on boys and young men of color, MBKSA, shout out to MBKSA, um, Diplomas, which was focusing on Dreamers and Latinx, and then also um, Excel Beyond the Bell and Our Tomorrow. So it was also, Excel Beyond the Bell was basically like quality after school time, um, and then um, the uh, our tomorrow was focused on youth voice. So we all had like system change work that we were doing. Um, and I took over as college pathways managers. So there was three areas that we were looking at at the time, um, restorative practices, near peer mentorship and justice involved youth. Um, 
and basically like what I had to do was kind of learn about like those topics, learn about uh, collective impact as a whole, because at that time I was so used to doing direct service and you're thinking Yeah. about working with people, you're thinking about working with families, but this role actually like challenged you to take a step back, look at the big picture and think about policies, practices and procedures that actually like create the environment that people are currently in and how do we shift those policy practice and procedures to make it uh, basically like better, better lives for all those people that we just mentioned, for all those groups of people that we just mentioned. Um, so I've been there nearly three years now. Um, and I will say this organization is surrounded by, by either um, TFA folks, uh, city year folks, Peace Corps folks, um, everywhere. So AmeriCorps is well represented within our organization. Um, City Year is still one of our partners within our NBKSA network. Uh, so, you know, again, shout out to AmeriCorps. So it's like I never really left. Hey, AmeriCorps National Service has a has a, a way of doing that to you <laughs> where it's like, you know, no matter. But I also think it's like six degrees of separation, wait, right, where you only it's like when you buy a white Honda, you only see white Hondas like you just become aware of it. Um, and it becomes part of your consciousness and then it's kind of attracted to you. So that's so cool to to be able to continue to work with uh, groups of AmeriCorps members and everything you, you're you doing. I mean, the systems change piece of it is so exciting and, and so timely and all of the things that we all know needs to happen. Um, and the groups and the population that you're serving is, um, it's, it's just amazing. It's amazing how, you know, you went from, you know, not from just working in casinos, but like you went from this, like, I, I don't know, I'm going to school right. or doing the thing into this one thing after another and really seeing, and, and it also like goes to say like during your service year, not yours, but a service year, um, things sometimes can be hard, but if you show up and people and you're trustworthy and you do your projects and, and you get things done, no pun intended. It's just the, the way that we talk about national service. You get things done. The opportunities will be there for you. And 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 I I hope that actually some of this podcast helps with that with people like um you know like I think we had mentioned when we were talking before this that there's a group of or a couple folks in San Antonio, Christina Flores and Dana Bazelli. Um, I think are in San Antonio. I think Dana's with City Year and then. Um, uh, Christina's with new politics and I'm like, y'all should get together. You know, like I I'm hoping that in some way, shape or form that this podcast can help, um, just bring together the work that we're so many of us are doing, especially in that systems change sort of area. Yes, ma'am. And while we're at it, I want to shout out one more group, uh, shout out to the Trinity advising Corps. So those are also like, it's also an America, AmeriCorps program. So the, um, Texas Advising Corps. So basically, like they work in high schools and they basically like help students, uh, mostly juniors and seniors, like fill out their applications, um, applications, financial aid, scholarships, that kind of stuff. Um, uh, Trinity Advising Corps and a whole host of others, SAEP, they've really helped us uh, map out college advising. So we're able to work with our partners in school districts, also our college advising service providers to figure out what college advising looks like uh, in the San Antonio landscape. Um, and we're hoping to, I don't want to spill the beans, but we're hoping to like definitely like have a positive impact on college advising uh, within the next nice. couple of months. But again, it's 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 organizations like that. Um, 
and also like our partnerships with all of our partners that help us do the work. So we want to shout out all of our partners, but, um, and shout out to Sarah Ramos. I have offered, I said, Hey, like, I know you got Trinity advisors. I know they're AmeriCorps. Um, if you ever want me to come talk about like my journey or, you know, like some things that I've learned along the way, uh, feel free to let me know. Um, because AmeriCorps again, it's, it's, it's been so, um, transformational. Like when I think about where I was, um, doesn't seem that long ago, like, you know, a little over 10 years ago, I yeah. can still remember like working in the service industry having to work. Um, I mean, most, so casinos are open. If you don't know anything about gaming, like they're open 24, seven, 365. Yep. Um, so you could very well end up working 1am to 9am every day. Um, and you can't have Christmas and Christmas Eve all. You can have one or the other, mm. but not, not both, you know? So like yeah. those major times and uh, it's, it's, you know, it wasn't bad while I, while I was working in the industry, but I'm very thankful for where I am today. Um, and I have a few, uh, there's a few reasons for that. But one of the one of them is my time in service in AmeriCorps. Um, and then also all the leaders that I've had along the way that have uh, that have trusted me, that have helped me um, get to where I am today. So um, I'd, I'd like to thank both of them. And then in terms of the education award, um, I got a chance to use it at various points in my academic career. And uh, just two months ago, I finished my doctorate. Um, so, yeah, you know, America wow. has been great for me. And I think that uh, for those of you who are wondering how, you know, if you're working in the service industry today, like, how are you going to transition into a professional role? Um, and you may come from a family that doesn't have much. National service is a great way. Um, either through the education award, which you can even use with like an actual Pell Grant. So they'll give you the max of whatever the Pell Grant is. And even if you get a Pell Grant, you can use them both. Um, so it's a great opportunity for you to, to finance your education, um, learn some skills. Well, not learn some skills. You already have skills, but be get exposed to like different industries and transition into that role you want. So if you want to be a teacher, there's Teach for America. Um, if you want to Maybe if you're not ready for a classroom and you want to tutor, you can tutor first. There's there's city year for that. Um, if you want to do state, national, and a nonprofit to utilize like the skills you have in technology, whether it be something like communications, whatever, um, you can do like state, national for that. You can do Vista. If you want to help the environment, you can do NCCC. There's there's a way for everybody um, with national service. So um, I'm always here. If you have any questions or if you just want to reach out to me again, like let me know. I can pretty much help you uh any way I can. That that what that was you're taking away my job. I was gonna say all those names of service, but that's perfect. Better, much better coming from you. Um, and you're you know, you're spot on, on on all of the opportunities. Um, everything that you want, you know, want to experience and try, you can definitely do that through national service. I have two questions and then one closing question. I see my brother's keeper on your um on your screensaver. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think our CEO of AmeriCorps, uh, Michael Smith, is the previous CEO of my brother's keeper during the Obama yeah. administration. So can you tell me a little, like, are you with that organization? Yeah. For, are you friends um, with Michael Smith? <laughs> I've never, <laughs> I've never met Michael Smith. Um, But so again, like you, you mentioned six degrees of separation, right? So one of my previous supervisors, the one that I told you initially, like called me into his office. Um, yes. He played. Stephen Hussein. Stephen right? Hussein from 
Right. From what I understand, he played a pretty big role in bringing like my brother's keeper to like San Antonio and also Shelly Fernandez. So shout out to Shelly Fernandez gotcha. um, because she she basically came into the role and uh, basically took the network to like a whole different level um, by the time I got there. So uh, the organization. So I work for up I work for up partnership, which, as I mentioned, is a system change organization. And one of the systems uh, or one of the networks under the umbrella of a partnership is uh, my brother's keeper, San Antonio. Okay. Um, Excellent. So we had, so we were doing, we were doing, we're doing that work here and shout out to the team that's currently doing it. I currently serve in a different role right now, but I'm still very close uh, to the MBKSA team. So gotcha. uh, yes, I'm very, Um, we got a chance. To, we've actually hosted, I think it was like less than a year ago. We hosted MBK Texas um, here in San Antonio where all the, um, MBK communities, I think it was MBK, uh, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston, uh, all came here to San Antonio um, to basically plot our way forward as um, as a state, you know. So, uh, That's so, cool. so yeah, we've and we've gotten a chance to uh, meet some of the folks over at uh, at uh, on the on the national side. Very so cool. It's been cool too. That's exciting. Um, and then my other question was going to be. Um, you know, you mentioned that you're doing systems change. What is a day in the life of Lowell, Lowell in, in what you do? Like, how do you orient and prioritize all the different things that you have going on um, in your in your role and in your office? Oh, thank you. Um, so I would say much, much of the work is uh, strategy. So you spend a lot of time. Um, so first of all, like I have, a, I have a great supervisor now. Shout out to Dr. B. Um who's really done a great job of like setting kind of like the, the three year kind of like what she sees in, in, in the grand scheme of things over the next three years. Um, my job is really to do like the, op like kind of like operationalize it. So for example, like I'll spend time thinking about like a strategy approach about, okay, like we have to do this or, you know, like we've set this goal as a group. And, and also like a lot of the work that we do at Up Partnership is always in community with our partners. So as a collective impact or, we don't tell them what to do. We're like, this is what we're thinking. You tell us what yeah. you think. We'll work together. Um, so basically, like a lot of my work is strategy. Like, so who needs to be at the table? Um, what is it that, how can I support them? But I spend a lot of time doing like strategy stuff. Um, after that, a lot of it is curriculum design. So once we have mm -hmm. like the strategy, um, I spend a lot of time like planning out like, okay, so in order for this to happen at this meeting, this has to happen. How do we get us there? And then at the next meeting, gotcha. this has to happen. Um, so I spend a lot of time like drawing back to my um my previous experience, like with the with the with the degree that I had in uh education. Um so I spend a little time like like doing like a little bit of curriculum. Sometimes I'll go and look for like best practices. So I'm able to do like a little bit of research. Um, and that's, that's pretty much like, those are your two big pieces. And then also like, thirdly, like day of the meeting, like you're doing facilitation. So you're basically mm -hmm. like meeting with all your partners. You're like basically grounding everybody in a message. You're making sure that we're all going in the right direction. Like when our partners are doing the work and shout out to all of our great partners, you're basically saying like, okay, so I'm synthesizing this. This is what I heard, right? Um, this is how we need to move forward or, you know, you're plotting like action items, but it's a lot of it is really like just helping our partners like move forward, you know? Um, yeah. And then there's times where like, so after you're done with your facilitations, like as an intermediary organization, like a lot of your work is just connecting partner A to partner B. You're like, oh, like you're talking about doing this. 
yep. they're talking about doing that, like, okay, let me make sure I can get them on the same page, you know, or let mm -hmm. me just get them together. They're probably already on the same page. Yeah. So in a nutshell, that's what I spend like my days doing. So it's, it's definitely like strategy. It's definitely facilitation, it's curriculum, and then it's coaching. That's amazing. And that's a full day. That's a full week. That's a full year. <laughs> that's a oh, lot yeah. of stuff. <laughs> we work hard. So when our partners are yeah. off for the summer, we're still like doing strategy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. May I ask what, what, what was your doctorate in? Uh, higher education administration. Um, okay. Basically I studied, um, I did what's called uh, a descriptive phenomenological study. Um, so what I was looking at was I was looking at men that were primarily enrolled in majors where women are the majority. So I was looking at aspiring male teachers, aspiring male nurses, aspiring family and consumer sciences educations, uh, aspiring social workers, you know, stuff like that. And basically trying to figure out like one, what their lived experiences were, two, why they chose their major, and then three, like what they thought the impact of masculinity was on their programming. Wow. So um, that was a really like I Okay. So getting a getting a doctor will probably be the best thing you've ever done and also the worst thing you've ever done. Uh, but, it's like the best um, thing when it's done. Right. But then when you're in it, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I'm so depressed. I'm so lonely. I'm so <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lonely. It's funny. It's terrible. Um and you know, that that study was like something that um like when I got my findings back and I was able to like put it all together and again. Let me shout out the, the 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 management team. Well, the whole team at Up Partnership, um, they were an organization that value that they are an organization that heavily values education. So, and it, obviously, I work there professionally now, but they kind of cared about me in the same way like some of your sites do at in AmeriCorps. They're like, mm -hmm. hey, um, so what classes are you taking? Do you need time off? Um, it's okay if you want to leave just a few hours early. Like, what can I do to make this like helpful? Um. When I started like recruiting for participants, they said, well, you know, like send your call to me. I'll put it out to my network. And there's a, a few uh, there's a few or, a few members of the organization that already have their doctorates. And the best thing that they did for me was like one, they listened to me like gripe and complain. Um, they gave me like feedback, but most importantly, or maybe not most, but as important, they like let me know that, well, you're going to get there. You're going to finish. Like, don't worry yeah. about it. You're going to get there. You're going to get finished. The point is to get it done. But, you know, so you had you had all those people that were just so supportive. Um, shout out again to the entire leadership team and the whole team at Up Partnership, because even like my colleagues were just like, how's it going? Are you OK? Um, and when I interviewed for the role, shout out to Ryan, um, he didn't even hire me yet. And he was like, oh, like you're getting your doctorate. And he's like, are you taking care of yourself? And he's like, if you, even if you like, don't work here, I'm going to check on you make sure you're taking care of yourself. Oh, wow. And I ended up working there. Thanks. For, <laughs> I ended up working there. But every time he saw me, he's like, are you okay? Like, are you resting? Yeah. Because he mentioned like when he got his doctorate, how, like, how it kind of like had an impact on him. So he was just always there, but all of, you know, just the organization for me was like there um, for the last three years to see me be successful. And I'm really just uh, blessed. That's um, so great. To, to be wow, a what a it's just a wonderful full circle story from where your your service here started to where you are now. And again, it's just another example of of how AmeriCorps members and national service can work, and it and it does work, and it can put you in a position that um, maybe you didn't know you were. You know, we never fit. I 
I didn't leave my service year and I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start, you know, we just don't know where we're going to end up. So that is just so cool. Um, I always like to, is it, well, first of all, is there anything else that you, any more shout outs? <laughs> and is there anything else that you want to reflect on before we, we start to close out? My goodness. If I was to shout out more people. Okay. Let me shout out. We shout out Keisha, Georgia and Courtney. They, we all served together. They were my, my Vista. I was their Vista leader. We were all Vistas that last year. Um, shout out to the entire uh, partnership team. Those are uh, that are with us currently and those who've uh, moved on to like some other things because like it was, it's a very powerful organization. Um, shout out to the senior leadership team over there. Um, and shout out to most supervisors. So I don't think I shot you out yet, but shout out to Jamie Lolly, who was my um, site supervisor over at uh, the city of San Antonio. Shout out to Adela Flores. Um, yeah, it's just everybody that I've met over that time um, has been just just great to me. And, That's awesome. Uh, oh, go ahead. And I think and the last thing I want to tell everybody is that, again, like national service can really, really do a lot for you um, because it gives you like so many opportunities. And even if even if you don't get hired by your site after that first or second year, um, you're basically going to end up with contacts that you're going to continue to use. Um, I still reach out to um, my old supervisors um, and they still reach out to me like whenever they need something, whenever I can help them with something. So um, this has been, I was just at a dinner the other day where they were doing like a celebration of internships and they talked about the value of an internship. And I, like I said, I didn't do a traditional internship. Um, well, first of all, like the one I was at last night, they pay their interns. So shout out to those folks. Keep I'm that kidding. going. Shout out to SA Works. Um, but, you know, like if you don't have like the capacity to do like an unpaid internship, like be willing to consider national service. Um, it can mm -hmm. really be life changing. It's it's a hard year um, because of the stipend. But now they make it a little easier, you know, Um but and there's it, things that there's things that sites can do also to to help the AmeriCorps member along the along the journey. Excellent, excellent. Like uh, like what what have you heard? What, what do you think they can? Well, you can't obviously pay them directly, but if you can offer housing uh, at either free or discounted rate, um, you know, anytime you know it sounds silly, but anytime you have an event or anything and there's leftover food, like hey, you know let you know it was funny we had a training for our vistas in my nine to five and our executive director brought like containers and said take these home with you you know like these brownies are delicious <laughs> like i i brought a brownie home um so small things like that um you know it, it obviously you can't pay your americorps member more or anything like that but small things um you know carpool um if you can provide them if they're serving in a city, you can provide them like uh, trans public transportation passes or pay for their transportation. Uh, so small things like that can really help somebody. Yes, all of that, all of that helps. And before you know it, you'll be on your last day, your last month. And I promise you, you're going to miss. <laughs> like I woke up that next day and I was like, oh my gosh, like I miss those people already. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> 
Oh, well, this has been such a great conversation and such a good journey. I guarantee people are going to be staying into the end to listen to your, your wise words and, and just be so excited and um, celebrate your journey. Um, so I always like to ask right before the end, you know, we have 1.2 million AmeriCorps members that have served. Um, and I am, you know, I keep saying I'm interviewing a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the folks to hopefully get stories out there. But I would love to, um, I like to hear about like what our alumni base could see or foresees for us as a either regional or national uh, alumni group. Like what could we do? Um, what do you see for us as a as a community maybe? Um I I hope I hope that national service um is kind of Hell, I hope that with all of the work that we've been doing over the last, how old did you say we were, 25 years? I think we're going on 30 years this year. I think 20, so AmeriCorps, so so let's clarify, right? <laughs> Vista was in the was founded in the 60s. AmeriCorps was in, in 1994 or 93, I believe. 93 to 94 was the pilot year. And so the first graduating class was actually in 94. But for example, Vista was actually founded and launched in like 1962 or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. Got it. And then and and Triple C is the baby. I think that they were just founded in like late 90s. But we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Your siblings <laughs> and Triple yes. C siblings. A um, little babies. I you know, I'm thinking like I am seeing like the I'm seeing kind of I saw the rollout of like national service universities. Um, or colleges, mm -hmm. what is it called? College and National Service? Yeah, Schools for National Service. For national yep. Service. Um, and again, I've been trying to get the University of Southern Mississippi, my alma mater, to, to basically take up that um, mantle. Um, so we see that. We see like employers of National Service. Um, so I would just like to see more organizations uh, basically step up to the plate um, and do more for all these folks that are basically like, you know, dedicating one, two years of their lives uh, to making the world and their communities a better place. So I'm hoping that that kind of thing like continues to grow. And you know, that's such an easy call to action that we we don't even have to come up with a campaign or a community of practice or anything. Like, hey, if you're an AmeriCorps alumni listening to this and you have a company or you're part of a state agency or a bigger organization, talk to them about becoming an employer of national service. That simply means that it's it's similar to um, military service. It just give, it brings your resume to the top of the stack and you get a little bit more consideration because this person spent a year of their life, you know, working in a community or whatever, as well as if you are an alumni of a, an inst a higher education institution that is not part of schools for national service. And all of this is in my, in the show notes, you'll be able to link and search for your institution. Find out who you need to talk to to get them on on the list, and at least like pay for an AmeriCorps member's books. If you know, and, and at the higher end, match the education or dollar for dollar because that's federal money coming into your institution. So Lowell, I think that 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 is such a call to action and very easy for people to do. They can start doing this today's. This won't come out till Friday. You can think about who you want to reach out to and then start that uh, that work on Monday and, and recruiting yes. those schools and employers for national and service. And maybe one last thing. Yes, like, please. For those of you who have served who have served in AmeriCorps, like um 
their career days at colleges, high schools. Um, just, you know, if you're willing to, like, don't be afraid to just say, okay, well, can I just go and represent like AmeriCorps this time? And I can share like this whole concept of national service with like these high school students or with these college students, you know? Um, Well because done. I, I think again, like we, I think most of us who've done our time in AmeriCorps know like how life-changing it was for us. And we just need to just take more of an opportunity to kind of like, just go through those channels like when we can. Um, so if it's like, okay, there's a career day at a school, like, okay, can I